Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zire, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Okay, so this week on Instagram, I shared a poll asking what you wanted to hear about next. And so today we are going to be talking about the number one strategy that you can use that I have had a pretty much 100% success rate to gain compliance or obedience in the moment. Now, one caveat to this is that this is for when your child is not in the middle of more of like a tantrum or meltdown. So if they're already crying, it's not like a little whine or complaining or, you know, sibling fighting or that sort of thing, then this is not the thing you would do. We will talk about that later on, but that would be the stay listening strategy. And if you want to learn more about that right now, you can either go check out my Instagram page and there's some information about stay listening. I have a highlight bubble on it. And then there's also some other posts that you can look through. Otherwise, you can head to the blog, which is just chaostoconnected.com. And you can read all about stay listening. Otherwise, stay tuned for an episode on that. But today we are going to be talking about play listening. And this is when your child isn't in the midst of a full-on crying, (laughs) screaming style tantrum. Because once they're in that mode, they just need to get it out. And so if we try to change things up, we might be distracting them away from the process of working through it. And so that's why I'm making that distinction for you. So play listening is what we're going to talk about today. And that is honestly just helping your kids process through, work through things, communicate through, play. And the reason this is so effective, like I mentioned, I mean, I can't think of a time where I actually used play and it didn't work. (laughs) Um, And so it's that effective because play is truly the work of the child. Because the idea is that when you're engaging in play, you're beginning to recalibrate your communication with your child. And then again, this is helping them to process through feelings while they're playing because we process things through crying and laughter. So if we're not crying, the goal would be to get laughter. And if listening through tantrums is really hard for you, this would be a big opportunity to help your child work through some things. That also keeps your sanity as you start to focus on figuring out how to keep your self-control in those moments. But another major bonus of play listening is that it increases your connection. And when you increase your connection with your child, your child is going to obviously feel more connected to you. And then they are going to more genuinely want to listen to you, be obedient, and follow your directions. So all around, this is a great thing for both you and your child. I will say that this can be challenging, though, in maybe a different way, Um, at least in my experience, because we weren't necessarily 
one either raised this way or um, most areas where we would have have received instruction or discipline maybe that was like school or daycare or other um, caregivers that you had didn't necessarily do it this way and so for a lot of people this is going to be not it might not feel normal it might feel awkward at first and I just want to encourage you to keep pushing through that because for me at first as I was gaining understanding of this you know this strategy and trying to figure out okay in the moment like what can I do to actually make this into play sometimes it was really hard and I was just encouraged that it is hard because this isn't a natural reaction from us. You know, when when you are training or disciplining or something, you don't naturally think, oh, well, let's make it into play. I mean, maybe you do if you're a play therapist or you've been trained to do that, but most people, it's not in our nature or second nature to us. It's something that we have to be really conscious of and try to focus on and figure out. And I just want to let you know that as you practice this, it does get easier. You will find yourself being able to transition into play mode more easily versus sitting back and thinking, I know I should be playing, but what exactly do I play? So if that is you, if you're trying and you feel like this is awkward, this isn't helping, just keep keep working at it because it will get smoother, it will get easier. And once you see success, it's easier to continue. And like I said, it can take time to figure out exactly how to play. And especially, you know, with your children, if you have more than one child, it might look differently. You have to kind of think about what your child might find funny and try to do something like that. But I will give you a few ideas as we go through this episode. So maybe you can kind of relate it to some of your situations and think more about what might work for you. But as you're thinking about what you can do to play keep in mind a few things and that is during play similar to special time so if you haven't if you don't know what special time is or you haven't listened to the other episodes go back to episode one and listen through that I'll also link it in the show notes but part of play listening is again kind of following your child's lead or Um, kind of being more of the powerless one than your child. So often our kids have obviously less power than us in all sorts of circumstances, but we're clearly the stronger person in the relationship. And what we want to do while we're playing is be more of like the butt of the joke or lose the game or the wrestling match or pretend you're the weak one or the one who needs help because that might also trigger some feelings that your child is storing up about some of those things whether it's losing a game to their one of their friends or you know again needing help and being bothered by it or recognizing that they aren't necessarily great at something yet. And so these different ways can help them not only process through some of those feelings that they have, but it can also make it more fun for them and easy for you to think about. This strategy also works really well if you have a child who is struggling with some separation anxiety. So one of the games that I used to play a lot with my oldest when, um, you know, we would have to transition to daycare or something, we wouldn't necessarily play it. every day or every morning 
It doesn't have to be right before you go. If you can do it then, that's great. But just playing it through and allowing them to process through things is a great opportunity. It doesn't have to be right before you're going to separate. But what I would do is I would like grab onto him or give him a hug and say, don't leave me. And then he would think it was funny and try to get away. And I'd slowly kind of loosen my grip, obviously on on purpose. And as he's kind of working his way out, I'd be saying, no, stay with me. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. And then when he got away, I would start to pretend to cry. And as you're doing this, you want to, again, be watching your child and make sure that they're into the play, you're following their lead, they're laughing. Because what we don't want to do is come off in a way where we're making fun of them. So make sure, just keep that in the back of your mind that you want it to be something fun for them. You don't want it to necessarily... you. It's okay if tears happen that we can talk about that with more of the stay listening, like what you would do there because they might, that might really hit a trigger for them and they might be processing through lots of feelings there. But we just want to make sure that we're not poking fun at them, that they recognize this is just funny. And I haven't come across that experience, but I just wanted to put that out there in case you have a really sensitive child or your child's a little bit older or something. Um, But that is one strategy that's worked really well for us. Okay, so let's dive into a few other examples. A lot of the times that I felt like I've needed to use some of this strategy is during more self-care activities or transition. So I'm going to give a few examples for those, but if you have additional questions, you can always Um, send me an email or you can go to my Instagram and send me a direct message and I'd be happy to um, give you some ideas. But one of the areas that had been a struggle for us for a while was brushing teeth. And I think just the transition, knowing that playtime is over and it's time to get ready for bed and sleep is disconnecting because unless you're co-sleeping, even then you're still kind of disconnected because you're not awake, (laughs) you're asleep. So sleep can be a really disconnecting time, which is one of the reasons you might notice that the bedtime routine is harder for kids because they recognize that even if they can't formulate it into words. And so, I mean, there can be many reasons for that, but that could be one of them. And so by using play, you're bringing connection, which allows them to get through the tasks that they need to do. So instead of forcing the teeth brushing, which is really hard to do anyways, or just giving up altogether, you can utilize play. So one of the ideas that I have used with success several times is if your child has a character on their toothbrush, so we had some that had Woody and Buzz on them, and at the time my oldest was using the Buzz toothbrush. And again, this was a point where I was like, okay, I know that play would be helpful, but what do I do here? And so suddenly the idea came to me to pretend to be Buzz and kind of bring the toothbrush to life. And so I would say like to infinity and beyond and the toothbrush would jump off the counter and fly towards his mouth and he would hold his mouth shut really far or really hard. And then I'd kind of pretend to like bump into it and I'd go back to the counter and I'd do it again. And after a couple times, then he'd open his mouth 
a little bit and kind of let me in and I'd start and then he shut his mouth and then I go back to the counter and I just keep repeating and as I was repeating this play he was getting more and more connected and more comfortable and then he eventually let me brush his teeth and as I'm brushing I was saying like you know stark man do you read me like don't let don't let him close his mouth and then he, playfully he would close his mouth and then you know it just kind of became this fun thing and so it might not have made total sense if you were listening in, but I was just taking little bits and pieces that I could remember of Toy Story and incorporating it into the play. And he loved it so much so that the next time we had to brush our teeth, he requested to play that game a few more times. And it seems that as you do it a couple times, then maybe the next few nights you won't even need to do it or maybe it's longer it just kind of depends on how hard of a transition it is, how connected you are, how much emotion your child has stored up, what they're trying to process through. Um, but they will likely continue to go back to that play um, several times or even longer if they're really enjoying it and they have a lot to process through. Another area, again, another transition self-care task of changing clothes, particularly at night, um, getting into pajamas was a struggle which i think can be a struggle for a lot of people again i think it's because it's a disconnecting time evenings are often busy um you know we might be making a meal which or multitasking which you know detracts from our connection time so especially if you don't have a chance to get special time in play is a great opportunity so one of the things that i used to do is I would pretend that my fingers were like a crab. So at the time, you know, he was really into crab, so it made sense. And I would pretend like the pinchers were coming out and for each item that he needed to put on, I pretend that was what the crab wanted to eat. So the faster he got dressed, the sooner that the crab couldn't actually eat the clothes. And so um, he would put it on super fast and then the next thing he would pick up and try to put on and I would try to get like his feet if he were putting on his socks or you could do it the other way around you're trying to eat the socks and he puts them on so then he can't eat them anymore so not only did this build that connection and get him to laugh and process through something that felt a little bit too challenging at first but it got the job done quickly um, transitions, like I mentioned, can often be challenging for kids, whether that's transitioning to the car in the morning or to the bus stop or to daycare. So if you can play a little game to get to those places, that can really increase compliance and speed because I know oftentimes you know, you can do a short round of special time, which again, if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and listen to it. But I know that sometimes it can be challenging. So if you can get in a little bit of play right beforehand, that can sometimes feel easier. So you can include, a, you know, like a racing game. You can see how fast your child can get somewhere. I like to do this over like a competitive racing thing, especially if it's if you have more than one child, so they're kind of racing against each other. If it's me racing against him or my, you know, my child, then I don't see it as much of a issue and I'm okay with doing it, but you don't necessarily want to create more competition between your kids because that can come back to bite you, but using animal walks to get from one location to the next or 
even transitions in general, like trying to get your child to come to the table, you can say things like, you know, I bet you'll never believe what's in your bowl and kind of just pretend, you know, maybe if you have a bowl of cereal, like, oh, there's little bugs crawling around in your bowl or something like that. And just whatever your child would find funny, obviously they're going to run to the table in excitement or, you know, in fear. Um, but when they get there, they're going to have a good laugh because like that's, there's not really bugs in my bowl. And then you can be like, oh, silly me. What was I thinking? And just kind of play it up. The, the point of play, again, you have to use energy and make it engaging. You can't just be like, oh, there's bugs in your bowl. <laughs> you know, that's not gonna, that's not gonna help your child laugh, help them process through things and help them get the job done. Okay, and I want to go back quickly to the changing clothes because there's another strategy that I've found or another play activity game that we've been using that has worked really well. And that is when my oldest was resistive to getting dressed or he didn't want to transition because he says he doesn't like to sleep, which I believe, um, is I would start to put on his clothes and be like, yes, please don't put your stuff on because I really want to wear it. And I would start putting on his shorts and his t-shirt and he'd kind of grab for it. I'm like, no, I want to wear these. Like you don't need them. And then he'd think it's really funny and he'd run off maybe to a different location and I'd kind of stomp after him like, give me my clothes back. I need them on. And he'd think it was so funny. And eventually he would say, okay, close your eyes for a minute. And then he would go and hide somewhere and get dressed. And then he'd jump out and I'd be like, oh man, now I can't wear them because you have them on. And it just became this really fun thing. And again, he requested a few times. Now we don't even need to use it. But as your child is working through whatever feelings they're trying to work through or process through this difficult transition, your play is helping them to work through those emotions, to communicate back and forth in a different way, in a language that is their prime way of communicating and just build that connection so that they can get the job done, they can feel like they can do it, and they can feel that connection to you. So before we end, I want to quickly give you a few more strategies if you are maybe working in a classroom or a daycare or you have lots of kids and you're finding challenging behavior sometimes, um, you know, maybe more sibling rivalry or aggressive behavior or your kids are just doing a lot of complaining. One of the fun things that you can do, I call it flip the switch games. And I have created a whole list of different things that you can do. So I'll also link that in the show notes. But basically, this is a way to quickly turn the attention off of whatever is going on and get your kids or your daycare kids or your classroom kids or whatever re-engaged in a positive way. And then this is also re-establishing connection between you and the child and between the other children together. Because, you know, if you do have a lot of kids or... Um, or maybe not even a lot, even two or three, let's say, or if you are working in an area where there's lots of kids that you are taking care of, you obviously can't be giving one-on-one -on -one attention to every child multiple times a day for the length of time that they probably would desire. And so this is a good way to help just kind of reboot that connection there. 
And again, once they're feeling connected to you, behavior subsides a little bit better and they want to listen to you and they feel good so they can listen. It's not as challenging for them. So flip the switch. This would be like, I mean, you can literally flip the switch off and on if you want to, but this would be like, you know, okay, everybody, we're going to play five minutes of hide and seek, or let's play a quick game of tag or duck, duck, goose, or whatever it might be. Again, I'll link the downloadable so that you have more ideas, but just anything that distracts them out of what's happening and gets them into more of a play mode. And then you might find afterwards, things kind of run a little bit smoother for a while. The other thing that I like to do when I was doing daycare with lots of little ones who, you know, are learning to share and having trouble with toys and that sort of thing is that if you're recognizing a child is trying to take another toy frequently or maybe becomes a little more aggressive and is hitting or anything like that, um, or if this child is asking another child to play and they're saying no and it makes the child upset, encouraging play with you and drawing attention to yourself will help that child engage with you, again, building connection. But what I found is that when I am doing that, all the other kids notice and they want to join in then too. And it becomes, again, a whole group activity, fun for everybody and everyone's feeling included. So one of the things that I would do a lot when we had daycare and this would happen is I would say something like, you know, kid's name, whoever it might be, I bet you can't catch me. And then I'd start running away and the child would start running after me. And then, you know, we kind of play a little bit and then all the other kids would start to join in too. And it just became this fun time. It doesn't have to be long, but it again was enough of a distraction to help work through some of those feelings that kids were then ready to kind of play for a little bit on their own and re-engage connected and in better spirits. All right, so I just want to kind of round up the episode with a few key points to keep in mind when you are trying out play listening. So again, this is child guided, meaning you are following your child's lead by observing and reacting to the cues that they're showing and the responses you are seeing. So you can kind of change up what you're doing based on their response. If you're not getting laughter, then you know maybe you got to amp it up a little bit or maybe you have to tweak something here or there. Laughter is key. This is what is dissolving the feelings of embarrassment or fear, other tensions that have been built up. Plus, it's building connection and closeness with you or like I mentioned, other kids depending on your environment or the scenario that you are finding yourself in at the moment. You want to adopt the less powerful role and have fun with it. This is a really great point to make, especially I think between like dads and sons particularly because you know they're both wanting to be strong and tough just kind of naturally and so I think this is a great one to to you know remind dads about too but also moms obviously we're generally stronger than our kids um even though I feel like my kids are going to be stronger than me soon but anyways, the less powerful role is going to be more fun for them to engage with and have them coming back for more. And then B 
be enthusiastic. This is probably the most important one. Kids can tell when you aren't fully committed. And through experience, I recognize that sometimes we just don't want to play. (laughs) Again, it's not always a natural reaction for us to think, oh, we should play. That'll help. A lot of times, even, you know, especially for me, I'm really good at the listening. I'm really good at sitting and listening through tantrums. Play is harder for me to, one, just think to do, and two, to want to do in this situation. A lot of times it's kind of like, well, I just want you to follow my direction and I just want you to do it. I'm tired and please just do the thing. But if we just set that aside for a moment and just go into the play, not only is it helpful for our kids because we're speaking their language and we're helping them work through whatever it is they need to, but it's really helpful for us. I mean, how many of us go through the day without laughing that much or smiling that much? We need laughter ourselves to process things too. And what I've found is that through just the silly play that you might not even think is fun, you know, as you're trying to think of what you're going to do, but as it's coming out, just the joy and the laughter that your child has with it can bring out even more joy and laughter with you. So I would really encourage you to try out play listening. This is a great strategy Again, in the moment, any time that you are trying to gain compliance or obedience to do, whether it's a a task or a transition, and your child specifically is not in the midst of a full-blown tantrum, whether they are whining or complaining or fighting with a sibling or whatever the case may be, as long as it's not a full-blown meltdown, this is a great strategy to try out. So this week, I encourage you to play. And once you've done it, I'd love for you to come on over and share it with me either through email or in a message. And let's just share the fun. Um, I'm also going to be leaving a link in the show notes. If you want to sign up for my weekly emails, it is just going to be to let you know when the podcast drops. And then I'm also going to start sharing just little bits of encouragement each week Nothing long, super short and simple, but just to keep you hopefully encouraged, maybe some little tips or tricks or other ideas like this that I come across throughout the week that can hopefully bless you and encourage you as you move throughout the week. Now go forth and play and I will talk with you next week. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and tag me, at Kaylee Josire, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.